We believe in change and we're prepared for it with new techniques and new approaches. And as for our part, we feel that you're the best pieces of manpower available in this whole region. Let it go out there today, baby. Three, two, one. And once again, our mighty ship is back on course. Welcome to the Sports Talk with Devin Wade podcast. Mama, there goes that man. You Devin Wade here with you. Welcome, welcome, welcome to another Sports Talk with Devin Wade podcast. So glad that you have joined us. And I tell you what, you guys are one of the few ways that I have been able to maintain my sanity during this uh, coronavirus quarantine. I'm glad you're here because I need somebody to talk to. Because if you listened earlier this week, the tox doc said that I was in a high risk group because my asthma, my allergies, and all this respiratory stuff I have going on. So I don't need any exposure to human beings other than you guys reaching out to me on the Sports Talk with Devin Wade page and group, and of course, calling the sports line. Well, you know what? We have a great podcast for you this time out. And I'll tell you what, since I have not been able to work on much else, it has allowed me to come to you guys more frequently with the podcast, and uh, that's what we're doing. Hopefully, you like these things. Hopefully, it's a diversion for you guys because after all, it's not a lot of sports going on. I'm sick of TV. I'm kind of sick of Netflix because I'm trapped in my own sort of... I don't know if you experienced this, but you get trapped inside of your own tastes. And you say, well, yeah, that's more of what I like, but uh, I want to I try something that I don't normally try. And that I hadn't found that solution to that answer yet. So I, I just watch the sports where I can, peek in on the news. It's uh, That's hard to do. It's hard to do. Not a lot of good news coming out. And the human interest stories and the stories about people, what they're doing on video, on wireless connection. I'm, I'm over it. But nonetheless, we have to press forward. And we have a lot to talk about in this episode, including a lot of NFL talk. We're going to talk about some DeAndre Hopkins in the headlines. Some other NFL headlines we'll get into. Then we're going to do a segment that we call Ballin' or Fallin'. That's something we used to do in studio with special teams unit. But I'm, I did it with you guys. And increasingly, everything has been much more interactive. And I like it that way. So if you have a comment, if you want to reach out to me, you certainly can. 832-941-6614. And I, I like it this way. I, I want to go live. I want to go live, but we don't. We haven't worked that out just yet. But nonetheless, I'm telling you now, it's quite exciting to hear from you guys. And it makes the show a lot better. And I want more and more voices to be heard. We Now we have established that we have our regulars. And I want more and more folks to get in on the conversation. So don't be afraid to call. Hey, you know, we are wide open. We accept any kind of feedback, any kind of uh, your take is is wide open for us. So we'll get into some balling and falling. And then we'll get into some we the people where we will take your phone calls and then we'll have a timeout. And on the other side, former NFL linebacker, of course, our special teams unit member, Eddie Robinson, formerly of the Houston Oilers, the Tennessee Titans, the Jacksonville Jaguars, Buffalo Bills. So he uh, was in the league for a number of years. And we talk a lot on the in the second half about the New Orleans Saints. So if you're a Saints fan, we're going to talk some Saints. Going to talk some Texans, going to talk some, really going to talk some NFC South, and going to talk about some NFL quarterbacks and a whole lot more. Our DJ, DJ Anarchy, is in the building. We'll hear from our sponsors. We will have a Lamont Award. And of course, before I let go. So, all that's happening. So, with that, let's get into some headlines. 
there are a lot of things in headlines, but let's start with the effects of the coronavirus on the world of sports. There's still more delays and more pushbacks on actual activities, games, leagues getting restarted. We, you know, those things are ongoing. So that's not the uh, headline. I think the biggest headline is that two high-profile names have come down with the coronavirus. The NFL, with its first that I can think of, I have not, re- I don't remember hearing anybody else in the NFL, but the first uh, victim of coronavirus is uh, New Orleans Saints head coach Sean Payton. That came out yesterday. He's fine. He's doing well. He's recovering. He'll be 100%. Uh, but that's the first NFL person to get it. Also, Marcus Smart and two, uh, well, Marcus Smart of the Celtics and two unidentified Los Angeles Lakers have been diagnosed with the coronavirus. So that's, uh, I think that's that's about almost nine or ten players now. You've had Rudy Gobert, Donovan Mitchell, Kevin Durant, three other Brooklyn Nets, two unidentified uh, Lakers, and Marcus Smart. I think that's everybody in the world of sports. So, again, the numbers are sort of, they're throwing some big numbers out there, and that's sort of frightening. But I'll stay away from that. But those are the sports victims so far. Those who have come down. When I say victims, I don't want to make people feel like, oh, you know, they're casualties. But the, these are folks who have succumbed to the illness, to the virus uh, that is coronavirus. Everybody seems to be doing well. Uh, Donovan Mitchell posted a video. And, and they're trying to make these younger people engage in social distancing. I don't know. Good luck with that. I had a conversation with Haywood, and he was like, man, you know what? This would have happened with us. We would, I wouldn't have went out. Yes, you would have. Yes, we would have. We would have been right out there in the mix. When you're young, you feel invincible. So, no, we would have been in the mix. We've been a fi- we, we would have moved around quite a bit. I, I, I would venture to say that. I would go on, on record and say that I think that, yeah, it, it, you would like to think, oh, I would have been smarter, more responsible. No, I wasn't. He wasn't. We weren't. We would have been out. Wherever we could go, we would have been out, I, you know, the the whole crew. So, you know, that's that's that. But I hope people do really pay attention to it because it's important. So social distancing and physical distancing for everybody, not just uh, older people and people in high risk uh, groups, but everybody. Because, you know, this thing is getting out of hand. Uh, let's get into some NFL stuff. The NFL stuff is big. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers and Tom Brady have officially announced they agreed to a two-year deal. Here's a big one. Todd Gurley, cut from the Los Angeles Rams yesterday, joins the Atlanta Falcons today. So that's big. He's the new Devontae Freeman. So he he's a guy that'll take over for Devontae Freeman, although Devontae Freeman missed a lot of time in Atlanta. Also, Darius Slay leaves Detroit. Goes to the Eagles, and I tell you what, he's going back, well, not going back and forth, but he's going at Matt Patricia, head coach of the Detroit Lions, who came from the New England Patriots, along with Bill O'Brien, who came from the New England Patriots, and basically he had a lot of negative things to say about Matt Patricia and how he disrespected him, and to that I tweeted, does that sound familiar to Houston fans? Does that sound familiar to you guys? So, I mean, that sounds like the out of the Bill O'Brien book, allegedly. We don't know. We weren't there. And I'll get into DeAndre Hopkins uh, in just a little bit. Malcolm Jenkins is in uh, – he left Philadelphia, went back to New Orleans. So, he'll be in the New Orleans Saints secondary. A number of other uh, significant moves. DJ Reader leaves the Texans. I know that's big for you guys. Uh, but, hey, you have Randall Cobb. You have David Johnson. Doesn't that make you feel better? Hmm? Doesn't that make you feel like a better team? Doesn't that give you more to root for this fall? 
<laughs> we'll get into that. Joe Flacco is out in Denver. So a number of uh, let's let's just look at the quarterback uh, situation here. Jameis Winston. He's out. He's a free agent right now. He's out of uh, a gig, and Tampa didn't want him back. But he look. You have to keep in mind. First of all, this guy was extremely exciting to watch. He would throw the ball 100 times a game. You never knew where it was going to go. He may make a spectacular throw, or he may throw it to the enemy like uh, Neil O'Donnell did in the Super Bowl with Larry Brown and the and the Dallas Cowboys. Yeah, that, that kind of bad. Those kind of bad interceptions. But he got eye surgery. <laughs> so maybe that'll cut down on the 30-plus interceptions he had for the season. But nonetheless, he's out there. Andy Dalton is under contract, so but he's out. He's out. In Cincinnati, obviously, they're going to go with Joe Burrow, number one overall. Cam Newton, they're asking him to look for a trade, but he's still in the contract in Carolina. So he's trying to look for a deal. Clearly, they went with Teddy Bridgewater. He's their guy in Carolina, so Cam is out. Jacoby Brissett, it sounds like with Phillip Rivers signing a one-year deal, I think the Colts will keep Jacoby Brissett. I think they will. I think that they want to have a solid backup plan, just like they had in him when Andrew Luck went down. So if I'm him, I'm not too happy about it. And it kind of sucks. I don't know. Maybe he'll probably have a lot to say about how that goes. So maybe he wants out. Maybe he thinks he can go to play with Bill Belichick, a guy who had him in the fold previously. And I guess he liked him. I don't know. I say all that to say, Jacoby Brissett under contract. He has a decision to make in Indianapolis. Nick Foles got traded from Jacksonville to Chicago to back up or battle Mitch Trubisky? I don't know. Teddy Bridgewater, we talked about Phillip Rivers in Indianapolis. So uh, just at that quarterback position, it is a you know a lot of movement there. I don't. We're not used to seeing that kind of movement in the, at the quarterback position. We're just not used to seeing that year in and year out. Uh, so it's going to make for a very interesting offseason, and there's still a lot of movement to be made. I don't know what Jameis is a starting quarterback. He is. He has to cut down on the mistakes, but he is a starting quarterback in this league. I think Andy Dalton is a guy. Maybe he will. He will end up in New England. I don't. I don't know. I, I don't know. And uh, again, Cam. It'll be interesting to see where he comes. I'm trying to think of a fit for him as a starter. I, I don't know, man. I, I. You look at it. Let's see. Let's let's go through this together. Let's think out loud. In the AFC South. Well, nope. Tennessee committed to Tannehill. The Texans have Watson. Jacksonville, could they make a move? Possibly, they could. They're going with Gardner Minshew. You look around, there's not a lot of landing spots, but he's worthy. I mean, this is a 2015 MVP. I think the coronavirus thing is hurting him from the standpoint of he's not able to go out and work out for teams. Maybe, I don't know what the guidelines are for working out for teams when you're already under contract, but I think that people need to know that he can be uh, he can be physically in one piece to be able to make plays. I think that's the biggest issue for Cam is he healthy, foot injuries, so shoulder injuries. He just was not the same guy. If he's healthy, again, he is a top-tier NFL. Well, he's proven it. He was MVP. So he's proven that he's a, a top-notch uh, NFL quarterback. We can get into more of some of the teams and really I think some int- very interesting stuff going on in the NFC South. That is the division that is the most interesting. When you add Brady to the mix, then you look at Teddy Bridgewater leaving New Orleans, going to Carolina. That's pretty interesting. Now you have Gurley joining Atlanta. And all of these teams are making other moves as well. New Orleans adding Jenkins. 
So we'll have to see what happens in that division. That's going to be a very interesting division to uh, to watch, and just because you don't know what the Brady is the X factor. Now, do I ultimately think Brady is a a huge difference maker? It's hard to tell because he's certainly not going to put. A, I don't think he's going to throw the ball around a lot like Jameis Winston did, but we know for sure he's not going to turn the football over not half as much as Jameis Winston. The question is if he can get it done, if he can be who he was. But I'm telling you, those receivers, I think when you talk about Chris Godwin and, and Mike Evans, well, you got O.J. Howard, you got Breit at tight end, you have a couple at really active uh, tight ends. So, you know, these guys used to be in fed. And I don't know that they'll be fed in the same ways. They had their fun, but they may have to trade in some of those receptions and touchdowns for more wins. Ronald Jones, I think, is good news for him. I think he's going to run the rock and have a lot of carries. Uh, so we'll have to see. what Tampa Bay was really, and I say this again, I don't think they'll be as exciting to watch. But that was my favorite, probably the last six, seven weeks of the season. Every Look, and I have, I didn't DVR every NFL game. But I can tell you just without looking, that I have a number of Tampa Bay games DVR because they're just exciting, an exciting team to watch, even though, of course, the turnover just killed them from a win-loss perspective. In Houston, the city continues to reel from the departure of DeAndre Hopkins, and it was exacerbated and sort of blown up when Michael Irvin came out and basically said that DeAndre Hopkins told him that Bill O'Brien wanted to meet with him because he didn't like that he had so much power in the locker room and that the last time he had to sit a guy down was Aaron Hernandez and he was concerned about his baby mamas. So what happened after that? Of course, that story blew up. I mean, when nothing else was going on, it blew up. It went everywhere. And then, of course, hours later, DeAndre Hopkins says, no, this is being blown way out of proportion. It's blown way out of proportion that I have respect for Bill O'Brien. Nothing has changed it. But once that Irvin component was put out there, that torch lit a, a bunch of folks. Because, again, this, I mean, a lot of folks have feel some type of way about the Houston Texans anyway. This goes back to inmates running an asylum, Bob McNair, getting rid of a guy like Dwayne Brown comments made on his podcast by Arian Foster. I mean, you look at the way he shipped Jadavion Clowney out. Other guys that they vanquished from the organization and the latest now is DeAndre Hopkins. And so I think for a lot of people here in Houston, they, they instantly jumped to, yep, there they go. Good old boys, the Texans. That's what it is. I see it. That's what it is. Now, since then, of course, people on the other, on the other side, they say, oh, no, we weren't there. You weren't there. We weren't there. Can't take his comments out of context. We weren't there. We don't know how it was said. This was something said in confidence. And, and Susie Culver of ESPN said, and that's why some of these conversations should, should be kept private. No, not those kind of conversations. Here's where I fall, and I know um, people on both sides will not like this because I'm not as extreme as some people. And on the other hand, I'm not as forgiving, and I won't just look the other way for the Texans. First of all, I do think there's an uncomfortable culture in the Texans organization. Uh, aside, take this out of it. Take this out of it. Just take this out of it. Don't even consider DeAndre Hopkins. There is a culture there from the, the, 
the EEOC lawsuit about racial discrimination to some of the comments that we know have been made by the owner to really to me when you look at some of the guys that they got rid of and kind of why they got rid of them i think it's a and maybe this is not a black white thing but i am an authority and you are subordinate and this is how it's gonna go and that's kind of the new england way that bill o'brien has brought with him and that's fine if you win the super bowls if you have something to show for it can't go nine and seven every year and lose in the second round first or second round of playoffs and then come with that just doesn't fly just doesn't fly so again it could be just the authoritarian type of atmosphere that that organization has created but for me and for a lot of african-american people there are people in your job there are people in your society in your circle you can't label them anything but you know what you see you know it when you see it you know it when you feel it and i think that the texans have left themselves open to this and specifically in this case because deandre hopkins you didn't get value for him so whether or not you want to say okay say let's let's now let's go the other way let's say this had nothing to do with him not getting along with bill o'brien it's still a, a dumb decision okay so so you say he had three years left he wanted to get paid and when you look at uh, amari cooper signing his deal 18 to 20 million dollars is nothing for deandre hopkins so okay but if you don't want to pay that and you want to get rid of him that's fine but even if you're going to do that as a way to do that and so that's what i think the, the frustration is are you a better team today than you were with deandre hopkins even a disgruntled and, and that's overstated even a disgruntled DeAndre Hopkins. Are you a better team? And clearly the answer is no. You're not better in a salary cap standpoint. From a salary cap standpoint, you're not better on the field. Randall Cobb is not better. That does not matter. Randall Cobb plus David Johnson plus a second round pick is not better than DeAndre Hopkins. Here's the other argument. Oh, well, they weren't winning anyway with Hopkins. Okay. If they weren't winning with him, what do you think they're going to do without him? And they're not better. So if, if I don't understand that logic, I understand that, okay, addition by subtraction. I, I understand theoretically it's an addition by subtraction, but by no accounts was this guy a disruption in that locker room. Deshaun Watson, at the very least, liked and respected him, and you had no problems off the field. I mean, ESPN just did a long story in ESPN, the magazine, wonderful story about DeAndre's journey and all the hard work he did, the sacrifices, and of course, his mother uh, being blinded in an altercation, all of those things. We got the chance to know her and he would run up and give her uh, a football every touchdown. And I mean, all of those good things. No bad news coming from this guy. Nothing. No late nights, early mornings. None of those things. Again, I think that's where the organization opens itself up to why would you logically if you're able to okay if you're able to get a stefan diggs deal you get a first rounder and three other picks now i'm saying okay all right well hey they won't be better but this is an investment in the future they have areas they need to improve across the board if you get that deal done i think a lot of this is sort of quieted down a little bit a lot of criticism will go away but to get david johnson who hadn't done anything since 2016 and a second round pick. Uh, and, and really you didn't have first and second round picks because of bad trades you made previously. 
So I don't know, man. I, I it's frustrating if you care about the Texans, and I want to get your guys' take on it. And that's why we are going to a segment that we call balling or falling. Balling or falling is a segment that we used to do frequently with special teams unit. I would ask my co-host if uh, a player situation team was balling or falling and uh, they would give me their response this time i turned to you guys and i asked you guys who was balling and who was falling i started off with the new england patriots and i had you guys vote on it and the majority of you guys said that without tom brady the new england patriots are falling for the short term, I agree with you. I agree that they have fallen. I do. Uh, because I don't think, okay, Brady made up for a lot of sort of deficiencies you had in a number of positions. And even deficiencies you had, he couldn't overcome. I think that they took some chances on some guys and it didn't work out. I think they tried to address the wide receiver position and just couldn't. Gronk's retirement, they were not able to adequately make up for it. And I think that right now, it depends. What do you call falling for them? They're not a Super Bowl contender, clearly. Are they a playoff team? In that division, I would say yes, of course. I mean, you got to say the Bills are favored to win in division now. Then you have uh, Miami, who's, who's signed a lot of people in free agency. And they have uh, some decisions to make at uh, quarterback. Do they go with Tua Tungvaloa? Do they stay with what they have? Do they sign a free agent? We'll have to see what uh, the Dolphins tend to do. But I think if you, if this team will be in contention to make the playoffs. So from that standpoint, they're balling. But again, at the end of the day, I'm like you guys, and I say they have fallen. Next up in Ballin' or Fallin', I asked you guys about the other half of this divorce between the New England Patriots and Tom Brady. I asked you all, is Tom Brady ballin' or fallin'? And you guys, it was split right down the middle. You didn't know whether he was ballin' or fallin'. Okay, so let's let's specify how we can frame the question differently in different ways. So if you are talking about going to a situation with a better offense and better talent around you then tom brady is balling if you are talking about winning your division or going further than new england patriots or, or further than you would have with the new england patriots man that is a tough tough question i think that division is much tougher when you talk about the nfc south versus the afc east let's see if you think about the afc east it's easier to make the playoff well in the afc period it's easier to make the playoffs than it would be in the well let's see let's think about this you have san francisco seattle you have green bay you have a team in uh let's see you have new orleans to contend with the rams you, you may not may make comeback may not atlanta may it's tougher i think all things being equal i think it's tougher to make the playoffs in the nfc and then it is the afc so from that standpoint i will say tom brady has fallen now, in reality, when you take both of those into account, I think you're looking at, a, at about a wash. I think that he'll have his moments. I don't think that he will have this this sort of uh, Joe Namath, Los Angeles Rams, or Johnny Unitas, San Diego Chargers, just precipitous drop-off. But what I think you will have is a guy that's older, towards the end of his career. He'll have some highlights. He'll do some good things. 
I don't know that team. I'm the defensively, Tampa Bay got better towards the end of the season. They were in a lot of games, but I mean they blew a lot of games defensively. Uh, defensively too, a lot of that was because James put them behind the eight ball with all the turnovers. But I don't know, man. This is gonna be. It, it, there's a lot of intrigue, and it's very interesting. So uh, we'll continue to get your take on that. I know a couple of folks called on Tom Brady. This is Robert Kelly, Texport Publications here in Houston, commenting on the Tom Brady balling or falling. I think he's going to fall, too. He's gone from one of the best teams in the NFL to one of the worst, and I feel that um, he may bring him up a little bit, but they are not going to make the playoffs. And in the final comment, he went for the money. And can you blame him? If I was that good, I'd take the paycheck and go. I don't see them any better than third in their division. Thank you. Uh, next up, let's talk about your Houston Texans making the playoffs. Are the Texans balling or falling when it comes to making the playoffs? You guys unanimously said the Texans are falling. I keep on falling. Now, I agree with you wholeheartedly. Look, whatever your reasoning is behind getting rid of DeAndre Hopkins, it does not make you a better team. What you got in return does not make you a better team. Your division was already getting better. I mean, look at what Tennessee, how Tennessee played towards the end of the season. If they can get off to a better start and Vrabel will get more comfortable in his head coaching position and doing what he does and they know each other. Now they've committed to Ryan Tannehill. I think that team will, will be tougher. I think, man, now you add a really good Phillip Rivers. I mean, not really good. He, he turned over the ball a lot. A lot, but I mean, a veteran, borderline Hall of Fame quarterback and Phillip Rivers, you add, uh, you know, to uh, the Indianapolis Colts. That team is getting better. They're defensively, they continue to get better. So far, the Texans have added Randall Cobb, David Johnson, and they lost DJ Reader. They added somebody else, another safety, or they re-signed an offensive lineman. So not a lot of excitement there. Uh, they do have a second-round pick now. But so does everybody else. So I think clearly they are falling. Here is what you guys had to say on that. What up, D-Wade? It's your boy, Nate Jones. Come time in on Ballin' the Fallen Houston Texans edition. I'm going to pick Ballin'. I know a lot of Texans fans, they think the sky is falling and it's all over with. But, man, let's be real, man. Last year they had DeAndre. Yeah, before they had DeAndre. They had DeAndre all these years. And what's the furthest they've got? The second round of the playoffs. I think they're going to continue on that path. They're going to ball out, you know, as far as the Texans can ball, and they're going to make it to the second round of the playoffs, and that's going to be that. They weren't going to the AFC Championship game with DeAndre on the roster, and they ain't going there without him on the roster. But the point is, they're not any worse than they were before they traded him, in my opinion. I just think that this is going to... This actually, you know, with all the noise, with fans going crazy and thinking the sky's falling, them players are real people in that locker room. That pride probably kick in, and they like, oh, we finna show you. Because now, now they think they got to go, you know, it's truly them against the world. And by truly against the world, meaning their own fan base don't believe in them at this point. I think the Texans, you can pretty much sharpie them in for a 9-7 record any year that Deshaun Watson is their quarterback. And then, you know, you add a game here to that Bill O'Brien that the Texans are going to go out and impress folks, and then you got to take away a game because Bill O'Brien probably going to mess one over. So they, I think they're going to end up about 10-6 and six this year again. They're going to make it to the second round. They're going to lose in the second round, and things going to be normal, just like it's pretty much always been whenever they make it to the playoffs. So that should be good enough to keep Houston fans in place. I mean, they haven't gone anywhere. i got to give them credit. They truly are ride or die. So, I mean, everything going to be the normal little 10-6. They're going to have people talking crazy and probably put them in the Super Bowl again. And 
We all know that's not going to happen. But, yeah, Texas is going to be balling, man. they surely not going to be falling off that much just because they all-pro receiver gone. You can win big in this league without having a, an all-pro top-five receiver. Patriots did it for years. Please. Wow, Nate, that is <laughs> – that's a lot to digest. I want to break some of that down, but that's definitely shots fired towards the Texans fans. That's like, yo, oh, he says it with such dispassion. Oh, yeah, as a matter of fact, you discuss that the way I would discuss the Arizona Cardinals. I have no I have no concern, no care. I'm not passionate. So we get it. I get it. You're not passionate about the Texans, but that, that's a shot. Fire. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's good enough for them. You know, you like the busted girl. You like the, you like the, the young lady at the dance nobody else wants to dance with. Oh, you, oh, ladies, you like the fella at the, at the dance nobody wants to dance with, but that's that's good for you. You're, yes, you're happy with that. So he's definitely throwing shade on Texans fans i'm interested to see your take on nate's take on texans fans 832-941-6614 couple of other things i mean obviously it's clear he doesn't care about the texans but look even if you would not have gone to the super bowl you don't want your team to digress you don't want the team to go backwards and that's exactly what's happening now the other thing i mean i think they're worse for the trade so i think that you don't want to see that as a family you don't want to see your team get worse and finally you know well not finally but the, another thing he talks about is that the us against the world well no i think the fans love the players i think they have problems with the coaching staff and i think if you give truth serum to all of those players they're like, what in the hell are we doing getting rid of D-Hop? I mean, I would bet you Will Fuller says that and Kenny Stills. I guarantee you that. And then the uh, final thing he talked about was that, oh, the Patriots have been winning for years without wide receivers. Well, yeah, okay, but they did have Randy Moss when they went to all the way to the Super Bowl and lost. They, they did have uh, Aaron Hernandez and Gronkowski. They did try to address the wide receiver position. They thought it was important enough that they needed to address it, so they took a chance on Antonio Brown. It didn't work out. They In the past, they've taken a chance on Chad Ochocinco. Didn't work out. They took a chance on Muhammad Sanu. Brought him in. It didn't work out. So they know how important a wide receiver position is. It may be slightly overrated in their system, but it's one thing you're forgetting. When you talk about New England, you're talking about one of the greatest coaches of all time, if not the greatest coach of all time and you're talking about one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time we have neither of those here in the city of houston so while yeah you can de-emphasize a wide receiver position in if you want in new england no they had guys that they could throw to and this was a year they did not have gronkowski or i mean in the last few years they haven't had hernandez they tried to address the tight end position and it just with watson it just didn't work out so, again, they know where the shortcomings were, and they had tried to address that situation. They just weren't able to. Let's see what's, uh, what's up next. My opinion is they may not make the playoffs. In fact, I probably think they will not make the playoffs. It looks like it's going to be a fire sale down there on uh, Kirby. They're getting a, losing a lot of players, and I don't see them bringing in anything that's going to make any kind of difference. So my vote is they are falling, and we may see a new coach, new general manager sometime in the next, who knows, period. We've been talking about that for years, but it never happens. But they're going down, and they're going to go down bad. They could be as bad as 4-14 and 14 or 4-13. and 13. I don't know what they're doing, 16- or 17-game season this year. But either way, I don't see him winning more than four or five games. Take care. I'll call for the next one. Bye-bye. Thanks, Robert, for the phone call. Always appreciate it. And I'm not through hearing from you guys. And, again, we took calls over a couple of days. So if you hear a call a call a couple times, it's because either they want to comment on multiple things or they call on different days. Either way, I don't care. 
get involved. 832-941-6614. And you can be heard. The more voices, the better. And, of course, the Sports Talk with Devin Wade page and group on Facebook. For more content, go to wadewordproductions.com. Time for We the People. So we heard from you guys in the Ball in the Fallen segment, but normally we always hear from you guys specifically on the We the People segment. Again, 832-941-6614. What are you guys talking about this time out? Definitely, this is Mark the Mailman. Uh, you ever had one of those instances where somebody says something slipped to you and kind of just kind of pushed off to the side, but then like a week later, it starts and assessing more and more, and by the time you see that person the next time, you want to start swinging on them, they wonder why you're mean mugging at them. That's how I feel about Bill O'Brien. There's two reasons why it just bothers me so much about this trade sending D-Hop down in Arizona. Number one, how he knew good and well that D-Hop was worth more than just a second-round pick and busted down his running back. They have people that run around the entire building, just like at the Patriots, who constantly crunch on those, who tell them what person is what you should be getting for that person in the trade. He knew that. He did that on purpose to send a message. He wanted to tell D-Hop that you're not worth anything. Number two, he knows he's not going to get any real backup. Yeah, there's people on TV talking about this is a dumb trade and everybody's on the internet dogging him out, but nobody can go outside. Nobody can go to a bar. Nobody can stand outside Reliance Stadium right now. He knows that the people that will constantly be in his face, constantly 24-7, won't be there for months. So he's sitting back in his own little world, thinking he did something great, and they completely insulated over there at, at Ryan. Ah, God, it, it, that trade just really just ah, pisses me off. One thing, Mark, the mailman for his call. You know what? That's the the polar opposite of the Nate Jones call earlier in the show. I mean, obviously somebody that's passionate. But I will say this. I don't think that he made the trade to send a statement to DeAndre Hopkins. I think the fact that he just didn't want him on the team is statement enough, no matter what he got for him. I know it probably is a little salt in the wound. I don't. I think it's more than that. It's inspiration for DeAndre to go out and do work. I'm telling you, him – and Larry Fitzgerald, Kyler Murray, that's going to be an explo- that's going to be a team you're going to definitely want to watch moving forward. And they have some nice running backs as well. So that's a team you you would definitely want to you know sort of check out next year. And then as far as not feeling the heat, let me tell you something. Bill O'Brien is playing to an audience of one, and that's Cal McNair, and they love him. He the McNair family, they love him. I don't know what it is. I don't know what it's about. I don't get it. But he's playing to an audience of one. Let's see what we have next. Hey, Devin. This is EL. I was calling because I wanted to weigh in on the Brady signing with Tampa Bay. I'm going to talk about why I don't think it makes sense and why I do. And I think it makes more sense than it doesn't. But the reports were that Brady wanted to make a lifestyle change. And so I really thought L.A. was going to happen. Uh, you know, just for him and his wife's brand. But I do think Tampa Bay makes a lot of sense. You know, uh, he'll have very familiar receivers. You know, he'll have his, his Julian Edelman and Chris Godwin. He'll have that Gronk-Hernandez tight end combo with Braden Howard and 
Then he'll have his downfield receiver, uh, Randy Moss-type receiver with Mike Evans. And, you know, Brady plays with an enormous chip on his shoulder. Even though he's won so many Super Bowls, he, you know, he still feels like he needs to prove people wrong. So I really think he wanted to play with Bruce Arians and wants to push the ball down the field more in his 40, 43rd year. And, you know... The second reason why I think it makes sense, and I am a Patrick Mahomes fan, so this might be a biased opinion, but I don't think Brady wanted to play in the same division as Mahomes and Andy Reid and, you know, just the Chiefs in general, as he would have had to, whether he went to L.A. or Las Vegas. Uh, and, you know, I know a lot of people would say, well, he still has to play the Saints, but I just think his chances of getting a number one seed and having that first round by is a lot higher in the NFC South than it would have been. That's my take. Interesting opinions from EL. Certainly appreciate the phone calls. Well, you know what? Brady has some decisions to make. I thought the better fit for him would have been the Chargers with Keenan Allen, Austin Eckler, um, Williams. You had Williams at wide receiver. You had Hunter Henry at tight end. I just think, man, and I, I like Anthony Lynn as a coach. And, uh, again, I thought that that was a really good fit for him. Instead, he goes to the NFC South versus the AFC West. He says, okay, maybe he doesn't want to go up against Mahomes twice. But, again, you in that division, you still have Denver. That's not – unmanageable you have uh, the las vegas raiders that's not necessarily uh, unmanageable uh, but i think the safe bet would have been to stay in his division in the afc east but since he's making a move and a lifestyle change hey you talk about a lifestyle change from new england tampa is is a definite lifestyle and, and as far as like the media and everything involved will be different and easier in tampa so i, I think as it pertains to getting to the super bowl in the afc versus the nfc i think the nfc may you still have to go through San Francisco. You still have to go. And maybe he, he wants to go up against Jimmy Garoppolo, his at one time heir apparent. Um, but you have to get past San Francisco, Seattle, New Orleans. But in that division, you have Atlanta. That's a tough – those are tough games. It's hard to beat Atlanta. I know they were tremendously disappointed last year, but that team – is they have some firepower, and now they add a Todd Gurley if he can stay healthy. You look at Carolina, I don't know where they'll be. They, they, that may be an easy matchup, although I think Bridgewater will help them out quite a bit, but you still have McCaffrey on that team. It, uh, they have a lot of departures from Carolina, so I don't know what that team is going to look like. And then, of course, the Saints you have to battle with. That's tough. So that's going to be a really, really difficult division to get out of as well. Uh, so we'll have to see what, if his gambles pay off and if that had anything to do with it at all. Maybe he just wants to go and chunk the football and have some fun in the twilight of his career. Let's see what we have finally on the phone line. Anyway, what's up? It's your boy Nate Jones. Start the time in on a few things. I'm going to touch on Brady going to the to the Buccaneers. I've been seeing a lot of people compare Brady going to the Buccaneers to Michael Jordan going to the Wizards or playing for the Wizards. And I just don't see the comparison. I mean, Michael Jordan in 98, basically ushered by Russell to the seat and then knocked down the shot to get his sixth title. He didn't retire and sat out for three years or, you know, played golf, smoked cigars in a state for three years and then came back to the game. And the only reason he came back was for him to, it was under, uh, like a, uh, 
handshake deal for him to own the team, but obviously that didn't work out. But anyway, point is, Tom Brady ain't taking no break. He going straight through. He about to, I mean, he not doing anything. He didn't do anything differently this offseason than he did in any other offseason as far as I can tell. Man been working out, staying in shape, doing his usual. He just changing teams. And if anything, he going to a better a better offensive situation than he this year than he was in last year. Last year, he was throwing to a bunch of people that can't nobody think of their name right now outside of Julian Edelman. This shit, he throwing the, about to be throwing to Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, O.J. Howard. They probably going to look, sounds like they're making some moves to bring in uh, some other running backs. But, I mean, Ronald Jones is still growing and becoming a, a viable running back in this league. point is, uh, I think the more apt comparison is Brett Favre leaving than the Packers to go to Minnesota in 09. I think that's the more apt comparison. They went 12 before that year and went to the NFC Championship game. I don't see why Tom Brady and the Buccaneers can't make it that far this year. I probably won't say NFC Championship game, but I will definitely at least put them into to the playoffs and, and see what happens from there. I think people are bugging out with the whole Michael Jordan thing. I don't think he's going to be that bad. I, I think, if anything, Tom Brady going to impress some people this year. Well, as best as Tom Brady can impress people because, you know, people already think he's overrated. So we're going to find out, man. We're going to find out all the people that said that Tom Brady went without Belichick and Belichick was the reason he's a system quarterback. We're going to find out this year. But I think he's going to do better than people uh, expect. I think he can go ahead and sharpie the books into the playoffs, barring injury. Thanks again, Nate. I mean, look, I tell you, it's going to be a lot of intrigue surrounding that team. And then a draft hadn't taken place and a lot more free agency decisions have to be made. That'll wrap up things in the first part of the Sports Talk with Devin Wade podcast. Coming up, a word from our sponsor, our resident DJ, DJ Anarchy. And, of course, we have Eddie Robinson on the other side, the Lamont Award. And before I let go, this is the Sports Talk with Devin Wade podcast. Anywhere you get your your podcast. Sports Talk with Devin Wade wants to thank our sponsor, Kofi Bankus and CoBank Homes. The vision at CoBank Homes is simple, and it stems from the belief that clients can trust CoBank to guide them to realize one of, if not the single largest investment decision they will ever make, their home. CoBank simply looks to build lifelong relationships through service. They do this by using faith, knowledge, and technology to guide clients through the process of achieving their real estate goals. Be it buying, selling, or investing in real estate, contact Kofi at 832-757-7950. That's 832-757-7950. CoBank Homes through Keller Williams.
Welcome back to Sports Talk with Devin Wade Podcast. Thank you, Shelly. Thanks, Caleb. Also, our resident DJ, DJ Anarchy. If you have music, it doesn't matter the genre. If you want us to play it on the podcast, we'll play a snippet at the halfway point and a whole song or an extended portion of a mix at the end of the podcast. Hit us up at music at wadeswordproductions.com. Wadeswordproductions.com. Music at wadeswordproductions.com. It does not matter the genre. Just send it in. When we'll get it on. We just want it to be radio edit. So if it's full of expletives, we try to bleep those out. So give us the radio edit if you have that. With that, here is our conversation with one of the special teams unit, our guy, Eddie Robinson. E-Rob 50, Eddie Robinson on the line. What's going on, man? How are you, first and foremost? How are you and the family? How's everybody around you? Are we good? Oh, yeah. Every, everybody's doing well. Um, you know, relatively speaking, I, I think everybody's like on, on high alert, which you should be. And uh, you got to take care of your, your older people and your loved ones and you know, just generally take care of yourself. Just have some good health and hygiene and take your vitamins, all the stuff your mama told you to do when you were little. Well, I talked to you earlier today and you were getting your son from the airport. And, and how's his experience been? You know, like most kids, you know, uh, I mean, they were got a couple of days in the spring football practice and, and went back after spring break and everybody had to leave suddenly. So fortunate, but I think it's the you know best thing. Everybody's kind of, you have to have to be extra cautious and, um, and hope everything can get contained. So kids, adults, parents, you know, everybody, the working class can all get back to a normal routine. But hey, right now it's, you just have to kind of buckle down and, uh, and kind of make do. And well, I know you feel better not having him home as opposed to being stuck in North Carolina. Yeah, well, that was the concern is that you never know exactly, you know, at any time the airports could close. And so then it goes from a two hour flight to a long drive. So that was that was my biggest concern. And, uh, and you know, he's a pretty resourceful kid and a lot of the other football players were still there. So I, I felt he was you know in a very safe environment. But at the same time just getting back and forth may be pretty difficult here in the next couple of weeks. Well, we've had a, a sports apocalypse with this coronavirus and the impact on sports. It's been unbelievable. What's your take on just everything coming to a halt? I mean, have you, could you ever have imagined anything like this? Yeah. I mean, this for, for me, you know, this is one of my best times of the year. I mean, I, I love the spring. This is when I go to baseball spring training. I usually go to Phoenix and, in Glendale, and I, I can I can catch two spring training games, one in the afternoon, one in the evening, and get a hike the next morning. Then I can I can watch my spring classics, you know, with the Perry Roubaix and and Milan San Remo, all of the bicycle races, and then you got basketball going to the playoffs. You got March Madness. So March and April is just a, a terrific time for for sports in general. And and of course you don't have any of that. So that's that's pretty tough on a sports fan. So I'm gonna tell you what I've been doing. And this, this has been working great. Everybody has that team that they hate. And what do you what you do is you go back and you watch the highlights and you send it to the friend of the worst moment of that team. Because <laughs> you can never have get enough of that. So what I'm doing, I'm going back and watch the Super Bowl where the Patriots came back and beat the Falcons. They blew the 28-3 lead. And I sent it to all my friends. So I'm just watching it over and over, and I get a big laugh out of it. So, I mean, you got to go back and watch those moments and just it'll get you through this tough time, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, and being a New Orleanian, 
you guys hate the Atlanta Falcons. Huh? We hate we hate the Falcons. So you know, the, the the one thing as soon as we're not in the playoffs, the first thing we do is we make sure that the Falcons aren't in the playoffs either. So that was just like the perfect moment for us. So I mean, you just just think of your team that you hate the most and their worst moment. Go back and pull it up on YouTube and watch it, man. I tell you, it just it just put a big smile on your face, man. It makes you feel better. <laughs> well, a, a lot has been going on with your team in New Orleans, the New Orleans Saints. Breaking news this afternoon, uh, Sean Payton has been diagnosed with coronavirus. He's he's fine. He's getting better. He's feeling better from what the early reports are. Adam Schefter from the from ESPN to talk to him, and so he's he's recovering. He'll be fine. But boy, it hits uh, close to home in New Orleans. And not only that. I mean, you see the departure of Teddy Bridgewater, the re-signing of Drew Brees. Um, you lose a – I think you lose a safety, right? And you add Malcolm Jenkins. So, a lot going on in New Orleans. What are your thoughts on your Saints uh, in, in the last few uh, few days here? Well, I mean, first of all, when you start talking about the health of, you know, coaches or players, that's the biggest thing. You want to make sure everybody's healthy. And, and you know, but I think I think coach will have a full recovery. But, uh, you know, it just kind of lets you know everybody has to – has to be safe. You know, I was I was just down in New Orleans myself, so you you definitely have to take care of yourself. But I think from a franchise standpoint, everything's moving pretty good. Um, I I really like Taysom Hill. I think he's a quarterback of the future. I mean, I'm comfortable with Teddy Bridgewater leaving. Wish he wouldn't have went to the Panthers because now you know he's in the division, which I don't, I don't think he's gonna. It won't be a grudge game, but he's a good player, so I um you know that that definitely will, will kind of get your attention. And then of course Brady going to the to the Bucks, so it seems like the whole division is they're kind of tired of the Saints winning, so they're stepping it up. So Saints will definitely have their work cut out for them next year, and I, I think the NFL may be in one of those transition years where you just have a lot of impact free agents moving a lot of different places, so you can have you know, that good team can take a big step backwards and that and that middle to average team maybe can make that step to get to the playoffs and all the way to the Super Bowl. So it should be, you know, a wide open race, which makes it really exciting for the fans. And, you know, that's if we have football. So we'll see how things go. Well, I'll say this. And, and one component of all of that is that when you look at the progression of the season, a lot of people are knocking the NFL for carrying on with free agency and business as usual. I posed that question and people didn't seem to have a problem, but now you're starting to see some of the problems with that. When you talk about the guys not being able to get physicals, you can't convene, you can't, uh, some deals may or may not get done or may take a little bit longer to get done. Well, did was the NFL right to, to continue or should they have held up a little bit? Uh, and obviously right now we don't know what's going to happen with the draft. I know the public portion is closed in Vegas, but we don't know what's going to happen with the draft. Should the NFL have gone on or should they have come to a halt a little bit quicker? I mean, because obviously now you have one of your 32 head coaches uh, with the coronavirus. What What do you – I mean, did, were they wrong to do this? Well, you know, most, most head coaches have – general managers and people that they let help them out unless you're Bill O'Brien. So, I mean, but, but the rest of the 31 head coaches, they have a full staff. So, I mean, I, I don't think that it'll be a problem, you know, long as Coach Payton isn't isn't having, uh, you know, symptoms that carry on for quite some time. But I think you have to carry on. I mean, you have to you have to be cautious. You have to be diligent. Yeah, you may not get to go see that kid and, 
Jackson, Mississippi, at Jackson State, and you know the, the small college kid that you wanted to work out one more time, you know, you may not be able to get to see him, and so I think it hurts the uh, the lesser known players, the free agent players, the fringe players. But for the big name players, I mean, you kind of know who they are. I mean, the first three, four rounds, I mean, those guys are where they are. Yeah, you you may not get that one last interview or stuff like that, but I don't I don't think it's um, a situation where you should should cancel everything. Yeah, you limit travel and. And with everything today, you can do a Skype and an online interview with a kid. I mean, you just have to do like the business world is doing and just do more stuff electronic and, and social distance, but still continue on as if everything's going to proceed because the players need to get to the team and, and start familiarizing themselves with coaches and playbooks. So I don't think you can say, well, let's, hey, let's wait and have the draft in June. Like, ah, it just doesn't make a lot of sense to me. You can still have, you know, the draft and and have it as a cyber draft and you can still accomplish it but it's, it's just a tricky environment yeah it's going to be a lot of things to figure out in the nfl uh, one of the sort of the theories was that the nfl went went ahead and proceeded because they thought that this may be the best window they'll have in, in over the next couple of months maybe uh to to get the free agency rolling because things seem to be getting uh, worse before they get better back to the saints when you lose teddy bridgewater you you're comfortable with your backup quarterback you add jenkins what else do the Saints need to sort of sure themselves up and, and put themselves in a position again to make a run at the Super Bowl? Well, I mean, I, I think, um, you know, Traquan, I think, what, Traquan Smith, the wide receiver backup guy, you know, either he has to step up and be that nef- next level wide receiver. I mean, you can't guard Mike. You, you, you can't expect the guy just to carry the whole passing game on his shoulders again this year you would think that defenses are are drawing something up in the playbook to try to slow him down so he doesn't you know get the 100 catch mark and stuff like that so you gotta have that next big play wide receiver i don't know uh, you know a lot of people are speculating that they'll draft that guy and i think i think that wouldn't be a bad move or you can get a guy through free agency but you need another offensive weapon there uh you know offensive line i I think you got andrews pete one of the big guys that's a free agent and He's been there, you know, five years, first round pick. So I, I think it's kind of like, eh, do we want to, you know, he, he's kind of the guy, but do we want to overpay a guy? So I, I wouldn't be surprised if they get a little more offensive line help. And so, uh, and then defensively, I mean, you can always have guys on the back end with corners and safety. And I think Malcolm Jenkins is that, you know, that experienced veteran who's been there before and, and maybe he's lost a step, but he's probably a little bit smarter. So he still plays at a high level. I think the Saints are poised to have the team intact to still make another run at it. And I know the guys are hungry. Fans are excited. So you know, hopefully, hopefully we'll be able to get it on, get a little football going again. Well, let's add, let's talk about this team here in Houston. I mean, this is uh what man, a ridiculous turn of events. This has not been a good 2020 for them. Not only do you just <laughs> embarrass yourself in Kansas city. Now you turn around and I mean, you give away your best player for a second round pick and uh, a, a Tomato can at running back now, and I yeah. I don't I don't want to call David Johnson that, but 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 he's clearly it's been a long long time since he's been a a premier back in this league, and that was only in the twenty sixteen season. Uh, so he hadn't. I mean, again, he's great out of the backfield, but he's you you just made two different trades for running backs that are already on your roster. So just for that one position alone, and you add up the guaranteed money, it's it's just not. It's not a good situation. What is what's your take on Bill O'Brien? And, and then then we'll get into the Hopkins thing. Just in general, what do you think of what's going on with the Texans? Yeah, I mean it's, it's hard to say. I mean, but you know, the one thing you know, you have one guy making a decision. So 
um, hopefully he's he's listening to other people. It's, it's not like the, the coach can say, well, that was a GM guy. The GM can say that was a coach guy, you know. And so if, if it blows up, it's going to blow up bad. And I think, uh, you know, a lot of Houston fans have, have probably seen and heard enough from Bill O'Brien. So we'll see you know, if he can make it work. And I, I think this is the year that, that he'll probably have to make it work. But, you know, I, it, it's hard to say. I mean, but ultimately, yeah, you, you gave up. A premier, you know, top three, top five player, an impact player, probably future Hall of Famer guy who's the heart of your team. And so it's hard to give that up. I'm, I'm not saying you shouldn't have traded him if it was a personality issue. Yeah, maybe so. But you got to get a whole lot more than what you got. And you got to replace that position. And it's just a player you got back. You know, you like you said, it's the, the two years on the contract. And then he's, you know, those running back positions, you know, usually after that fourth, fifth year, guys are trying to look at the next guy as a running back. You know, it's just it's, there's not a lot of longevity historically at the running back position to have a guy paid that much. And so, and if you look at the Diggs deal that was done right after that, and, Same and you say, day. wow, we, right. we could have did a lot more based on what the Vikings got from Buffalo. And, and so, I mean, you just you just have to, it's a it's a definite head scratcher. And it's almost, it's a, probably a morale killer inside the locker room because you you traded a guy that was, that was one of the guys who went and got it. You know, he went and if, if you're on offense or defense on that team, you're like, man, this guy helped us win week after week, you know, big time, four quarter. He was a guy that you could go to. And to get rid of a guy like that, I mean, you better bring back a guy like that. And I don't think they've done that. So that's that's the issue. And I think what you do when you make that move is you hurt the team in two positions. Because not only do you hurt you you hurt the wide receiver position and you bring in Randall Cobb and again that's a that's almost an afterthought he's not what he was uh, but you also hurt the quarterback position because now all of a sudden one of Deshaun's weapons you know, a guy that he could count on and really made life easier for Fuller and Steels that guy is gone now and now you don't really have a number one receiver and I can't expect a a number two overall pick to be a number one receiver now could, could they do more and make another move maybe they could can I don't know there's still time but it just you 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 just cannot give away that kind of talent and I know people say well that's an overvalued position in, at wide receiver but not when you don't have value in other positions on that offense other than at quarterback so I mean I don't know it's, it's a very difficult thing let's get into the personality component it seems like i mean obviously this is not the first time that bill o'brien's personality seems to have come into play if he did right. make, make this deal because with hopkins look at jadavion Clowney. Clowney didn't want to play for the franchise tag but he he wasn't gonna sit out he was coming in he was anticipating coming in to play and I guess Bill O'Brien didn't didn't like the fact that he didn't like being franchised, so he got rid of him. You saw the Dwayne Brown issue. The other guys on this team that he seems to have personality issues with. How long do you ride with a coach that is so abrasive to quality players? Not to mention probably up up and coming players that we don't know about things behind the scenes. But how how can you how, how long can you hold on to a guy that can't get along with his guys? Well, you you hold on to him until he stops winning, and uh, that's what <laughs> that's what happens with Tom Coughlin. I mean, he was he was the same type of guy. You know, made a lot of personal decisions um, and getting rid of players, and just turned off a lot of you know quality veteran players. And that was at more than one franchise. So at some point, you have to say, is it the is it the coach or is it the players? And so I think with Tom Coughlin, you know, he he was. I always respected him as a coach. I think he's a really good coach. He always had the team prepared. You know, times I played with him in Jacksonville and when I played against him with the Titans, but just a personality guy, 
I mean, he's not the type of guy, you know, when, when the team has donuts on Saturday morning, nobody's going to sit down and have one with the coach. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and that's okay. I mean, you don't have to, you don't have to be the guy that everybody rallies around, but you have to be the guy that we have to all get along and understand that, that we're in this together because when it gets tough and it's difficult and fans and media start pointing the fingers, players and coaches can't point fingers. And so, what happens is when you're winning, those type of things get overlooked. But when you're losing, it gets magnified. And I think that's what kind of happened with Tom Coughlin. When you're winning, people will overlook that you're an that you're an asshole. But when you start losing, then they're gonna be you. You're not just an asshole, but it goes further than that. And then you got to go. And so I think you know, as soon as he stops winning, and as soon as you don't make the playoffs, then you got to make a change. Yeah, <laughs> you know yeah. I mean, he's the only guy I know that. The, what he did in Kansas City, and you turn around and get not a promotion, but a, a clarification of a position you already held and being named GM. I mean, we knew that he was kind of the power. He held all the, the cards in, in that organization anyway. But, I mean, can you imagine if, if Jack Party after the Kansas City game, not even after the Buffalo game, but, or, or you can say after the Buffalo game, gets a promotion to GM? I mean, this is a this is a head-scratcher of an organization well, oh, right I would, now. I would say this. I'm, o- I'm okay with one person having – well, well, personally, I, I think you should have a separate GM and coach. Even if the, the coach has the final decision, you still need that separate defined role. That's just my opinion. And so, but at the same time, I'm okay with one person being the voice and the person to lead a team. But when you're that one person who's the voice and the person, like you said, if, you, if you're if the turkey at the top of the tree, you're going to be the first one shot. So it's like <laughs> when it don't go right, you got, you have to take the blame. And so for Bill O'Brien to be there and in that position, hey, you know, let's see what the guy can do. But if it doesn't work out, you don't want to be that, that franchise or that owner who hangs on to a guy, you know, beyond the point where the fans have are totally frustrated with it. And it seems as though um, the locker room is not a hundred percent behind him. Now, if the locker room was behind him and the players loved him and were playing really hard for him and the fans were a little frustrated, I would tell the fans to be patient, but it seems like you have an issue inside the locker room and then it's outside with the fans. And so at that point, the only thing you can say to keep them is you got to win. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. 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 (laughs) I want to ask you about, the alleged incident between he and uh, DeAndre, uh, Bill O'Brien and DeAndre Hopkins. Irvin, Michael Irvin comes out and says, well, DeAndre told me that he compared and that Bill O'Brien compared Hopkins to Aaron Hernandez and had issues with his baby mamas being around. And what DeAndre Hopkins came out and said was, though, this is being blown out of proportion. He didn't deny what he said to Michael Irvin he just said that it's being blown out of proportion and that there was no quote-unquote power struggle. That was one portion of what uh, Michael Irvin reported. He didn't deny the comments. People are, are taking sides on this both ways. Some people are like, oh, there they are again. They go to Texans again with that you know, racism. A lot of people saying that. And then other people saying, well, no, we don't know. Don't say that. You don't know. You weren't there. I mean, it, you know, what's your take on Irvin as a reporter and, and all that, that, uh, that whole situation? Well, I, I think it's one of those things that, you know, Michael Irvin's job is to is to report and to make it sound good and to make people turn on and watch. So he's going to make it sound as, as big and as as sensational as, as he can be. And, that, and, and as a and as a player, you you understand and respect that from reporters and, and you understand that's their job. So, I mean, with that conversation, you have to say, was it a, a conversation that was confidential that D Hopkins 
you know, maybe didn't want him to repeat or, or maybe it wasn't that stressful as Mike Irvin made it appear. But in the end of the day, I mean, D. Hopkins is a grown man. He can speak up for himself and he has before. So if he didn't have a problem with Bill O'Brien, even if he did, like, who cares? The job is to go out there and play football. And as long as I'm out there and playing football, playing football and then we don't have to go to the rodeo together you know we don't have to we don't have to go to do the cook-off as, as teammates and friends but we have to respect each other and play hard together and realize that we're all trying to do the same thing which is win football games so i mean i'm gonna i'm gonna revert back to to hopkins and if he doesn't have a problem with it so as a fan and and a former player and person who lives in houston and, and you know so i can't help but hear about the texans then i don't have a problem with it so and i think i think that's how fans have to leave it you know and I, if hopkins was saying hey man this guy's horrible you know he's he's a racist and he's this and he's that then i think fans should, should step up and say hey all right well hey man this is one of our premier players and we should look into this and and management should look into it but if hopkins is okay with it hey michael Irvin is being the reporter let's let's move on and play football this not the. I mean, this has been a, a lot of smoke over there on Kirby as it pertains to having uh, racial issues. You have the complaint with the EEOC, the lawsuit filed, and I mean, there's a lot there. there there's a lot there. So again, if you see it through that lens, you say, okay, well, this is another example of that. Now I know that people are you know really running out to the forefront to try to protect Bill O'Brien in the situation, but like I said, I don't, I don't know. What's the what's the worst as a football player? What's the most insensitive? thing that a coach said to you or maybe a close teammate that you said well i cannot believe that he said this to me do you have an example of something that happened to you in the league in your 10 years well, I, I think with football players i mean most guys aren't sensitive guys and if you're a sensitive guy you're going to get ran out of most locker rooms i mean you got a whole lot of type a alpha male personalities so our whole job every day is to kind of talk trash to each other and, and make it fun and keep it light. I mean, so if you're playing bad, then we probably gonna have a joke about you playing bad. If you're playing good, we're going to have a joke about your car. We're going to have a joke about your suit. This is just kind of where it went. So, well, no, man, I, I I'm talking about something slightly different. I'm talking about away from, and I'm not even talking about on Sundays because you said on this podcast a number of times, what happens on, happens on Sunday stays nothing on Sunday. Is, nothing is ever taken personal right, on, on Sunday. On Sunday. Yeah, so, yeah. But I'm if talking I, about... If I call you a, a SOB and, and, and your mama ain't nothing and that's why you playing bad, then pick it up. I apologize on Monday after we win, but Sunday, Sunday, we trying to win on Sunday, man. So, so, but <laughs> I'm talking about away from Sunday, and I'm talking about not the the, the normal ribbon that the guys give each other. But I'm just saying, a coach sitting you down and have a conversation with you, and or, or something of that nature, or GM asking you inappropriate questions about your personal life. Any of those sorts of things uh, ever happen in your? No, nah, I mean, I was I was a pretty much go to work on time and leave. I mean, probably the the the, the worst experience I had was with was with Coughlin, and and probably. Um, they wanted me to take a pay cut because they signed Bryce Bryce Pop, and they wanted me to be a third down uh, linebacker. I still felt like I was good enough to be a starter, so I I I had taken a pay cut, and I and I guess he wasn't happy the way I was, you know, covering kicks during the during the preseason or something like that. So it was just, hey, you know, you got to get motivated. If you know, if, if guys don't play well in the NFL, then 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 things don't work out, and they lose their job. So I was like, hey, well, that happens to coaches also. I understand the job that I'm in. So, but, but and after that, him him and I respect each other. So it's like I don't I don't need a coach going into my yeah. You know, I was think I was in my seventh year in the NFL. I don't need a coach to tell me that if I don't play well and I don't produce, 
that I'll be out the NFL. I mean, I, I understand that. And coach, you better understand that too. So you better play the best people also. It's a, it's a production business. It's more than any other job in the world. You're graded every day on Monday and and you is obvious whether you did good or bad. You know, that's that's the best thing about sports is that you get immediate feedback on whether you were good enough or not. And then you know what you need to improve on. And if you don't improve, they will get somebody else to take your job and to get a shot at it. And that's just the way it works. And you understand that. That's why you get paid the money you do. And that's why the careers don't last that long. Because the guys who don't have that mental toughness, another person gets a chance to make it work. So I, I guess I've had guys that may have taken things personal or maybe a coach says stuff that's out of line at times. But, I mean, most guys are in a position where if a coach tells me something that's out of line, I'm going to correct them and say something back to them that's out of line. And then we're going to move on and play football. You know what I'm saying? Right, <laughs> so. right. Final question for you. Uh, Tom Brady joins the division. Uh, a number of quarterbacks still looking for gigs now. Uh, you look at a situation where what, what's going to happen with, with Cam, he's still there. Andy Dalton's still there. Uh, Jameis Winston is still out there. Sort of twofold uh, final question. Having Brady in that division, what will that do for Tampa Bay? And what about these quarterbacks that still don't have a a penciled in as a starter? A lot of these guys are still on rosters because they haven't been able to get rid of them yet. But uh, what do you what do you think about both of those issues real quick? Well, I think we're going to have some some high-quality backups, and you have to wonder who's going to be the next Fitzpatrick, the guy that's sitting as a backup like a Dalton. You know, I don't know I don't know what team he can end up at, but he could he can end up at a team where he's a backup, and all of a sudden, for whatever reason, maybe the, the young guy doesn't play well or the young guy gets hurt, and he bounces in as a starter at week eight, but he's not your typical backup. And, and same thing with Cam. I mean, goodness, who wouldn't want Cam Newton as a, as, a, as a starter, I think, on most teams, but then definitely as a very high-valued level backup. I mean, you look at what Teddy Bridgewater did for the Saints last year. And so, um, yeah, I mean, it, it should be interesting to see how those former starting quarterbacks, whether they still get a job to start or not, and how the rest of those rosters piece together. And I mean, all of those guys are good enough to start in the NFL, but it just it just lets you know that it's truly one of those you know positions in in the NFL, and they say not for long, man. It's, it's a cliche, and, and people say it all the time, but it's like I played 11 years, and every year I felt like, you know, I had the attitude like they were trying to replace me. I never felt comfortable to say, this is my job, and, and I'm going to have it no matter what. You always knew I have to earn this job, and as soon as I don't earn it, then somebody else is going to take it. And I think that's the, the attitude and the chip that you have have to have on your shoulder, no matter if you're a Drew Brees Hall of Famer or if you're a guy that's starting his first game. That's the that's how you have to approach it. And so it's, it's very interesting to see. You usually don't see that happening at the quarterback position. It happens at every other position every day every year but at the quarterback position you usually don't see this happen not in this many teams and to have you know former pro bowl quality guys that are left without a team right now and brady being in in tampa does that make them a definite playoff team a super bowl contender or more of the same (laughs) Yeah, well, you know, the problem with with Winston was not that he was a bad quarterback. He was highly inconsistent. I mean, you know, and he would tease you because he would give you it's kind of like both of the cars, you know, David and Derek Carr. They both they both were highly inconsistent and they ruined franchises because you're good enough to give me 
400 yards and three touchdowns and make a great play at the end to win the game. And I'm thinking, he's turned the corner. He's our guy. And then the next week, you throw me four interceptions and 100 yards. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, so, I mean, I'm I telling you, that, Tampa's been my favorite team to watch because you never knew what Jameis Winston was going to do. Exactly. All you, all you like, knew is that he was going to chunk that football all over the field. You didn't know who was going to come down with it. But even against right. the Texans, he just gave that game away. I mean, just, yeah, and so and so you would think that with a Brady, even if he doesn't have the flashes of greatness that you know we we all know the quarterback he that he was, maybe he's not that guy. But it, but you would think from an intelligence level and managing the game level, he will be so much more consistent than Jameis Winston was. That if you you know you got some high quality receivers, you know you have a good pretty good defense, that you would think he has to be what plus four in the win column minimum. You know, and so that that puts them in the in the race to say, hey, we can win nine games and maybe ten and make a playoff. I mean, I don't I don't think they're a definite playoff team, but if I had to bet, I would. If if they're not a playoff team, it'll go down to the last week or two when when they don't make it. You know, they they won't. I don't think they'll be totally out of it after week ten. I don't think they'll they'll be that team. So right. Well, hey man, I'm so glad that you uh, have joined us. I hadn't heard from you in a while, man. We were going to visit earlier, but again, everything just fell apart. And so even uh, in, everybody in the sports in sports media trying to regroup and figure this thing out and, and moving forward. So I certainly appreciate you checking in with us. How can they reach you on social media? Oh, you know, I'm still uh, erob50 erob50 on Instagram and Twitter. Hey, man, well, I certainly appreciate it, man, and we look forward to talking to you when this thing resumes. You know what my thing is now, man? They they just can't cancel the Tour de France, man. you talking about it. If the Tour de France doesn't go on, I'm devastated, man. And when is that? That's supposed to be in June, May, June? June? July, buddy, July. July. Come oh, on, yeah. man. Get oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Around the, <laughs> yeah they, they wrap up around the 4th of July, right? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah that's no, right. it's it starts around the fourth. Oh, okay. And, well, it hey, ends around. Hey, just stop it, man. Just <laughs> stop it. Thanks for coming out. God bless and good night. Shut it down. <laughs> hey, man, I appreciate you. We'll talk to you soon. Want to thank our guy E Rob Fifty. I don't know why I keep referring to him as by his Twitter handle, but Eddie Robinson. We certainly appreciate it. Always enjoy having him on the show, and uh, look forward to speaking with him again. Um, well, you know what time it is. It's time for the Lamont Award. I don't want to wish you no bad luck, but I hope your ship sinks with no lifeboats and no life preservers and a school of piranhas surrounding you. You big the Lamont Award usually goes to the player team entity in around the world of sports that is the big dummy of the podcast. Well, this time out, we're leaving strictly the world of sports and we will go to the folks around, well, folks who dug their nose into the sports world, as it were. Uh, I'm talking about a couple of big dummies, Mayor, New York Mayor Bill de Blasio and Donald Trump, who is a Lamont Award Hall of Fame. He's on the R Mount Rushmore of Lamont. He, it really is. It's it's him, another version of him, a younger version of him, and one of his kids. So, so that, that's that's what I'll say about that. And I mean, he's made a tremendous amount of mistakes as it pertains to the coronavirus. He dug into or dipped into a situation that he really didn't need to comment on in light of what's going on. Well, we know that nationally there has been a shortage of tests, unlike South Korea. South Korea, who's been able to test uh, almost a quarter of a million, over a quarter million people. 
have gotten tests in South Korea. Not here. <laughs> we are way, way behind. There's several reasons why. Well, we have seen over these last few weeks that the rich and the famous and affluent have been able to get tests when others have not. Well, a lot of folks got upset when the Brooklyn Nets got mass tested for COVID-19. With all the shortages of kits, people got upset. Not least of which was Mayor Bill de Blasio and Donald Trump. Here is what Bill de Blasio had to say. Quote, we wish them a speedy recovery, but with all due respect, an entire NBA team should not, in all caps, get tested for COVID-19 while there are critically ill patients waiting to be tested, de Blasio tweeted Tuesday after four Nets tested positive, adding, Test should not be for the wealthy, but for the sick. Not to be outdone, Donald Trump has something to say about this when asked by NBC's Peter Alexander. Quote, how are non-symptomatic professional athletes getting tested while others can't get them? Do the well-connected go to the front of the line? Should that happen? And here was what Trump responded. Quote, no, I wouldn't say so, Trump answered, adding, but perhaps that's been the story of life. End quote. <laughs> At least you told your truth. So he, here's my bigger issue. So should the rich and wealthy and famous get those tests? No, they shouldn't. They really, honestly, in a crisis like this, you, it should be the, the ill or the, the folks that they suspect of having the illness should be have first access. Well, first of all, the country should have been better prepared to have more tests across the board. Since, okay, since it is somewhat unforeseeable, especially when you fire the folks who were over national pandemics a couple years ago. So, so maybe you don't, so maybe we're behind in getting a test. Okay, so that, that's fine. Here's one thing that they did not take into account when they said what they said. And quote, this is from the, the New Jersey Nets. And so this is from the organization. They said, quote, we sourced the test through a private company and paid for them ourselves because we did not want to impact access to CDC's public resources. Using the test results, we were able to take immediate precautions and strictly isolate the players who tested positive. If we had waited for players to exhibit symptoms, they might have continued to pose a risk to their family, friends, and the public, end quote. Okay, so they did get a they got the test, but they didn't get them from the same source as the CDC, which provides all the public testing. So, again, I'm not for the rich and famous getting an advantage. My issue is, A, we weren't prepared. Even though Trump told his truth that, yeah, okay, uh, that's kind of the story of life. We know, because I know that if, if him, his family, any of his associates in or out of jail needed him, he would get them. If he thought, and he probably has some put away, <laughs> tucked under his desk in the White House. And, and, and he should because he's the leader. So he, he should. But I'm, the, the rich and famous we know uh, have always been able to get things in uh, times of need and not. Uh, and they have privilege. And that's not fair and that's not right. But Trump, A, you shouldn't even comment on this. Your responses to so many of these things have been so inadequate. We have looked to other people around the country for leadership. And as for Mayor Bill de Blasio, man, look, your whole city's getting locked down. 
You cannot worry about the New Jersey Net or the Brooklyn Nets now. You can't. You just can't. Uh, this this is not the fight to have now. We'll be fighting over these things for years to come. But here's the bottom line: because the, I think that the statement was correct that because they tested positive, they were able to be isolated uh, and when they probably otherwise would not have been. So I think with all of these guys in the NBA turn up, you want to make sure they take this serious and isolate themselves because they were in fact positive. Now there are people all over this country who don't even show any kind of signs or symptoms or have any remote exposure who are rushing to get tested and i know all sorts of underhanded things are happening where people can jump to the head of the line and that's a shame that's not right but for bill de blasio and trump to even worry about this sort of things when we have really many many more pressing issues you both are big dummies you big dummy <laughs> <laughs> so guys like the time to come for blaming and pointing fingers that that's coming and, and it's going to be ugly for a long long time and i hope this thing doesn't get worse and we don't sort of revert back to a more primitive version of of humankind and these things can happen in times of crisis let's hope that we can hold our instincts in check and do what's right for for society for america and for those in need and again you don't i'm i'm glad that the nets got those tests because now we know those guys had tested positive and maybe that can stem the tide and maybe isolate those guys from giving it to other people who would give it to other people and so on and so on and so on so with that before i let go before i let go before I let go, hey, want to thank you guys. Want to thank all the phone callers. The phone callers. The callers. Want to thank all the callers. All you guys who called in. 832-941-6614. Want to thank all the folks who participate on the Sports Talk with Devin Wade page and group. Want to thank all the new subscribers to the email list. And want to thank all of those who have gone to the WadesWordProductions.com website. Want to thank you again. We've been producing these. You give me your feedback. Is this what you like? Do you like getting them every day, every other day? Give me your input, your feedback. Feedback, but most importantly, listen, like, leave messages, share it with friends around the country and around the world. Everybody has cabin fever. You may as well enjoy a wonderful podcast. Getting out of here, as always, have a great day and remember these four things. Number one, I don't do no favors after six o'clock in the evening. Two, I ain't got no money. Three, I'm not harboring any fugitives from justice. And four, bye. <laughs> This has been the Sports Talk with Devin Wade podcast. Remember, you can follow him on Twitter at Wade's Word. Thank you for listening. DJ Anarchy.